It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Welcome into ATL Day Ones. I am Tanitra Batiste, and once again, I am joined by my friend, the three-time Pro Bowler, the host of the morning show on 92.9 The Game, one Mr. Hugh Douglas. Happy Friday, Hugh. Happy Friday, Tanitra. How you doing today? I am good. I'm good because it's Friday, which means it's the weekend, and I'm always excited about weekends in the ATL, especially because we got some big things coming up in the city this weekend, and also big things... Things popping on the Locked On Sports Atlanta Network. We are over 2,000 subscribers thanks to our supportive fam, our audience. We appreciate you guys for continuing to subscribe. Make sure you like and follow us on YouTube and all of the social media platforms that you can. But also when you go to places and platforms where you get your podcast, make sure you download us and give us a five-star review because when we bring you five-star guest host, that's your way to say thanks for us doing that. Also, we want to talk about whether or not the Hawks had a five-star draft last night, Thursday night, NBA draft. Going to talk a little bit about the Braves who are looking every bit the five-star World Series champions that they are in winning the series against the Giants this week and are they ready for Freddy this weekend? And also in For the Culture, we're going to talk about an Atlanta icon who is going to be etched in legendary status, not just here in Atlanta in For the Culture. So let's get right to it, you, because there is a lot to talk about. Let's start off talking about that NBA draft. Before we get into the Hawks, just want to talk about the draft bigger picture, because, of course, we were waiting with bated breath to see what would happen at number one, just like everyone else. And Everybody's watching to see what the magic we're going to do. And all we heard about all week and even the weeks leading up to it was that Sandy Creek's own Jabari Smith was going to snag that number one spot, right? And then all of a sudden, a last minute switch, Duke's Paolo Banquero was the number one pick. Jabari Smith ends up going number three to the Rockets. And of course, Chef Holmgren, uh, number two to OKC. But for the most part, I felt like it was a pretty quiet drive, relatively uneventful, not too shocking. Well, the, the biggest shocking thing was the outfits that those young kids were. <laughs> Always. And, and, you know, oh. and you know what's funny, Tanisha? I, I'm not mad at them because I, I, I could go back in the archives, look at some of the stuff that I wore back in the day. 
it was really bright, you know, with the more big block gators and things of that nature. So I'm not mad at them, but it seems to me like every year during the NBA draft that the kids try to one up the year before yes, and do something outlandish because it's your night. Everybody's watching and, and you want to make sure that your outfit stands out. Now, let's be real. Some of those outfits, like the one Paulo had on, come on, man. Where, where is he going to wear that outside of draft night? Exactly. He's not going to wear just, that outfit yeah. anywhere else. He just wore that, and he made it because he knew he was getting drafted. You probably will never see that suit again. Ever, ever, ever. That's one of those where you – I don't know if you frame that or if you heirloom it, put it in the back of the closet. I'm not sure, but, yeah. And that's, that's what you love about the NBA. The NBA is, is extra, just all yes. the way around, and – they have a flair for the dramatic. So, yeah, they did not disappoint in their outfits yeah, last that was night. Awesome. That yeah, was awesome. exactly. And it was relatively quiet unless you were a certain Knicks fan. Well, maybe it wasn't as quiet for them. But it's funny, though, because low-key, I went to the Hawks draft party last night. And as much fanfare as there was, and people were pretty excited, by the way, about that A.J. Griffin pick at number 16. They were actually, the fans in the, in the uh, audience were pleased with that. And they were booing the Knicks all at the same time. So it was kind of fun. To, to see that because, of course, that's their nemesis. And, of course, the Hawks had that number 44 pick. They send that over to the Warriors for $2 million. They end up picking Tyrese Martin at 51 from UConn. So, overall, not a bad way to go. And actually not a bad way to go for Georgia as well because we talked about Jabari getting that number three pick. So, nice to see him get a, still get a lottery nod, if you will. And the, the Rockets are building something solid there. So, not a bad place for him to land. No, not at all. I don't think so. I mean, you look at the draft as a whole, I would probably say the first four kids are probably going to be the ones that actually see the court this year. Yes. Everybody else, you talk about A.J. Griffin for us, for the Atlanta Hawks, might not even see the court this year. Might be slated for the G League, and, and it's just great to see these young men get an opportunity to, to live out their dream. Because you think about it, what, the, the oldest one, like 18, 19? Yes. So there's still a bunch of kids out there that, that are getting ready to play with, with a bunch of grown men. So it's only going to be a few of them that are going to get a shot to play this year. Right. And I would, and we're going to circle back to that in our deep dive on the Hawks because, Hugh, you make a great point on just what it's going to look like for A.J. Griffin and even Tyrese Martin for this upcoming season, especially thinking of the high expectations for the Hawks. Now, Georgia Tech also had Michael DeVoe get what they call an Exhibit 10 contract, which basically means that you're guaranteed a spot in training camp with the Clippers. And then Jordan Usher was able to, according to some AJC sources, get a summer league deal with the Jazz. So we definitely hope maybe those guys will have a situation happen for them like it did for Jose Alvarado, who we know was a critical piece for the Pelicans, especially as the season went on and into the postseason. Maybe those guys will get a good look as well. But Speaking of a good, good, and better look, oh, my God, Dansby Swanson, Lieutenant Dan Seven, did it again. He had his seventh multi-home run game of his career. You got to love it. This time it was that two-home run day that he had last night. Braves started up. They went up 7-1, to one, thanks in large part to what he did. And then, of course, they held on to uh, for dear life to get a 7-6 to six win. And he might have even gotten a third home run at the plate appearance, if not for that hit by pitch. But really, it was about a couple different things. They were able to, the the, the Braves were able to gut out that win. And whether mm-hmm. it's a situation where they get a couple walk-off wins, like the first two wins in the series, or they get a win like this where it's gut-wrenching, but they get it done. This is what you want to see out of this team as they continue to climb and, and make some uh, some headway in, in the NL East. 
especially after they had that 15 – well, I always say 15, but it was actually 14-game winning streak that they had that was broken by the Cubs. You know, a lot of people talked about that streak and talked about you played a bunch of tomato cans. Right. To go out there and take three or four from the San Francisco Giants the way that you did in the fashion that you did. Yes. You have to look at this Brave team and think that they're serious. They're for real, if you will. And now you have the Dodgers coming into town. They could just build off of that momentum that they've already started. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And that momentum has been in it's and it's interesting because it's been in part to different players and at different stretches, right? On different and, and I love that about yep. the Braves. On any given day, somebody can step up to the plate and be that guy for them. But maybe the most consistent person, the most the player who's been that guy most consistently this season could arguably be Dansby Swanson. Because when you look at the tear that he has been on, hitting 302, 12 home runs, and then when you combine that on base and the slugging percentage and he's at 868. And then yesterday, Ronald Acuna Jr.'s out, Austin Riley's out. Adam Duvall's getting a day off, so that puts Dansby in the leadoff position, and it's a home run. I mean, he's just doing some lights-out things, and it just made me think, as we close in on the All-Star break, as another measuring stick, of course, Memorial Day being the first, but this mm-hmm. All-Star break, as we're closing in on that, I kind of look at Dansby, and I'm like, wow, he is your team MVP. He's really starting to show himself as a leader for this team, and he is finding his way into the conversation for NL MVP. Oh, there's no question about it. You know, we were talking about when Freddie Freeman left, you know, who was going to fill that leadership void. And there's so many different ways that you could be a leader. Some yeah. leaders lead by example. Some leaders get up in the in the locker room and and they give these new rocking speeches or whatever you have and try to <laughs> team motivated. I think Desby is the former. He's the guy that's going to go out there and he's just going to lead by his play. I think that's the way Freddie Freeman did it. I don't know what they're saying in the locker room, but I think the best way to be a leader is to go out there and lean on the field. Now he had a ch- he had a start where at the beginning of the season he didn't look that great. Right. But now he's starting to hit his groove a little bit, and it's it's right on time. I've always said about these Atlanta Braves when the weather changes and it gets warm in the A. You you have the, yeah hey that's when they get hot. And I know most baseball fans they don't like to hear that because they want instant gratification. <laughs> I gotta let y'all know it's 162 games. That's a lot of games, but oh, they're hitting wow. that stride at the right time. And like you said, Tanisha, they're getting contributions from everybody, the the, the uh, Michael Harris's of the world and, and people like that. So, yeah, they're, they're doing really well right now. Yeah, and Hugh, I'm going to ask you this question as a former player, and it, it's sort of a reverse question, right? Because typically speaking, if you go to a team like a Freddie Freeman and you parted ways, and it wasn't the greatest way to part ways, you come back into your old park or your old, in your case, uh, stadium or your old arena, if you will, whatever the case may be. And you have something sometimes that you feel like you want to prove, right? Because it was not a an amicable parting per se. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, low-key, and, and of course, Dan's response, and it was kind of tongue-in-cheek when he basically said, oh, yeah, bring it, Freddie, because we're going to give it to you. It was kind of tongue-in-cheek when he said it. But I wonder if, low-key, I think the Braves are kind of ready for Freddie. Like, I think they want to prove that they are still that team even without Freddie Freeman, as he comes to Truist Park for the first time with the Dodgers tonight. You know what? I think that's the case. You know what? It's even funnier to Nietzsche. I look at that game knowing that they know that it's coming. It just had me wondering. You know how my mind works. I was like, how many guys went to the hotel last night to say hi to Freddie? I'm pretty sure there was quite a few. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure there was quite a few. But the bottom line is they represent the A. They represent the Atlanta Braves. And and they're trying to get back to the World Series because there's some guys – 
on this team that are new to this team that weren't mm -hmm. part of that World Series run. You're right. talking about a guy like Ronald Acuna who was a part of the team but right. wasn't actually on the field when they won the World Series. Exactly. So they want to see what that feels like. You talk about Matt Olson, the guy who is filling Freddie Freeman's shoes. Mm -hmm. You talk about Michael Harris, a guy that's coming up yes. knowing or seeing what it felt like or, or seeing what other people felt like to win the World Series. That's a strange spot to be in, walking around the locker room and seeing these big old fat rings <laughs> on cat's fingers, and you ain't got one. I, I want to know what that's like. So you got some guys on this team that's looking at this roster, looking at what they did last year, and they want to be a part of that. Yeah, Freddie Freeman's come back to town, but at the end of the day, Fred, you are in the way of my ultimate goal, yes. and you are a measure stick because, like John Freaky said today, there's a good chance that these two teams might meet in the playoffs yes. once again. Exactly. And for me, that's the thing where I believe the Braves are low key looking for an opportunity to make a statement in this series this weekend. Another team looking to make a statement in the eight and night, the dream, the dream are back home. They're on the second game of a three game homestand tonight. They play the Liberty. And what I love about this is this is a team that is in complete rebuilding mode, a franchise in complete rebuilding mode and completely Re changing up and remixing their identity and yet less than halfway through the season if they get this ninth win tonight they'll have more wins than they had the entirety of last season so looking for some big things down on the south side tonight with the dream and when we come back we're going to be talking about some big things that might be popping at state farm arena this coming season but did the hawks do what they needed to do last night to at least put the hawks in position for a big 2022-23 season. We'll talk about it on the other side. It's ATL Day Ones. We'll see you on the other side. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire you need indeed welcome back to atl day one time tanitra batiste and hugh douglas is sitting in for our boy jarvis davis as he wraps up an amazing birthday weekend so or week i'm sure he'll tell us about it when he gets back but we got the three-time pro bowler here former eagle and i know he had other teams but i always like to talk about his eagles days because that's where i fell in love with his game this is one of my good good friends in the industry who decided that he would grace me with stopping by of course he is of the morning show on 92.9 game here in the a as well so thanks again hugh for stopping by and thank you guys for always rocking with us and subscribing with us getting us over that 2000 subscriber hump over on youtube so continue subscribing following liking we appreciate you and of course wherever you download your podcast check us out and give us a five-star review as we try to bring you five-star content each and every day now Hugh, the nba draft is always a five-star event for me because like you said you've got the flair for the dramatic in the outfits sometimes you have the flair for the dramatic in the actual draft but i thought last night was relatively quiet and definitely quiet for the hawks i know for me in our Thursday convo, I said that, hey, this squad is going to look different from uh, Thursday to Friday. But you also made a great point saying, but it might not look dramatically different because you had a feeling that the Hawks might not make any major moves, which they did not 
They stood pat at 16, picked up A.J. Griffin, the small forward out of Duke University, and then ended up uh, trading uh, the 44 pick, moving into the 51 spot. 44th pick went to the Warriors. Uh, Hawks got a couple million dollars and ended up picking the guard, uh, Tyrese Martin, out of UConn. And that is where they stood. So with the 16th pick in the NBA draft, the Atlanta Hawks select Adre Green, small forward from Duke University. That's my Adam Silver impression that I hope I got right. But <laughs> I, <laughs> somewhat, I was a little animated with it. But I know that fans at the draft party were pretty pleased with the A.J. Griffin pick. Uh, they were okay with the fact that the Hawks stood pat at 16. However, you could hear rumblings that they wanted them to do a little something just in terms of making a big splash. But that being said, uh, Hugh, let's just talk about the Hawks' move and the fact that it wasn't big at all. And the picks, I mean, what do you think about the picks, especially the number 16 pick? You know, it's funny, Tanitra, when I, when I look at it, you talk about A.J. Griffin. He was projected to go higher. Yes. And he actually fell in the Hawks' lap. And I think that was one of the things that they liked about the place a forward fluid shooter. Yes. They say high volume shooter. That's what I know about him. Uh, but this is the irony. Coach McMillan does not play young guys. He, does, he doesn't. He Well, okay, I should say he At hasn't. least the reputation, right? Yes, he hasn't. Because mm -hmm. we, talk, we, we talked about Jalen Johnson yesterday. Yep. We talked about Sharif Cooper. You talk about A.J. Griffin. Uh, me and John Fricky said this morning, probably going to end up playing for the G League. Probably going to play for the Skyhawks and try to develop there because he is only 18 years old. Yes. Now, with that being said, that the NBA, for whatever reason, has it a little bit backwards when <laughs> when they conduct business from this mm -hmm. aspect. Yes. You have the draft first. Right. Then. then next week, it's free agency. So I will say this to all of that that, that Hawks fans are looking at. We still have free agency. Yes. And I think that we have some pieces. Developmental pieces. Uh, I know we keep throwing John Collins' name out there, I, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you to a man, you know, you 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 are down there every night watching the Hawks play. I feel like myself personally, John Collins is going to be here. I, I just feel like that. I feel like listening to the conversations that are being had about this team, listening to guys talk about how last year, you know, there was a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. This team was young still. They're still a young team. Had some success early. I think, and you know, guys got paid. And they probably was living a little high on the hog, being a little fat caddish, came into the season thinking <laughs> it was going to be easy, thinking right, that the season right. was going to be a cakewalk. And they realized it wasn't. Because let's be honest, Anitra, we sat there many of Monday mornings or Tuesday mornings or whenever the Hawks played the night before. <laughs> And, and they get a big win against a team that nobody thought they were going to beat. Right, right. And then turn right back around and get their butt kicked by the Detroit Pistons. And you're looking yeah. like, damn. What just happened? They beat the Memphis Grizzlies. Right. Without, without Trey Young, they just beat the Memphis Grizzlies. Right. And then turn right back around right. and get your butt kicked. Get your butt kicked. I mean, By yeah. the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's one of those things where – I think some things were said in haste because everybody was frustrated by the way the season was going because it was a roller coaster ride. You talk about the injuries, you talk it about was. the losses that they took, you talk about backdooring your way into the playoffs and everything. Mm -hmm. I just feel like a COVID. lot of people feel yes, COVID. I just and 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 during COVID, signing guys off the street, right, instead of playing the young guys, trying to give them a shot. You know, right. we did see Sharif Cooper, Jalen Johnson for a little while. 
Yes. But, you know, so I, I think it's one of those things where they feel like, you know, if 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 the, everything rolls the right way, they have a pretty good squad now. That that doesn't necessarily say everybody's going to be here. I think that there are going to be right. a couple of changes, but I think the consistency is a lot of people think there's going to be two or three starters that are going to mm -hmm. be gone. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the case. One, maybe two. Uh -huh. And I think they're going to focus more, me personally, Mm -hmm. I think they're going to focus more on trying to get some more offensive firepower because when you look right. at it as a whole, defense was an issue, and I know everybody's talking about that, a glue guy, they're talking mm -hmm. about a, a P.J. Tucker-type player. Right. But I think offensively, when you look at the playoffs and how it went, the fact that Trey, Trey uh, Young was sh shut down scoring, mm -hmm. I think that that's what they're going to try to focus on, trying to get some more points out, out of somebody or get well, somebody think... that's more of a consistent shooter. Right. And I think that's why you go and get an A.J. Griffin, because you just said the word that I was going to put out there, which is consistency, whether at the guard position or whether on the wing, you really just couldn't count night in and night out. You just wondered when Bogey was on, he was on. When Gallo was on, he was on. When Kev was on, he was on. But when they were off, off it they was were like off. off the cliff. It was off the cliff. And so you can understand why an A.J. Griffin with a 49 percent clip from three would be that person because especially if you have those holes here and there defensively on the wing where you can't stop anybody and you hope of course that they address that issue this season mm -hmm. but you at least want to be able to keep up with them on a consistent basis and granted we know that the hawks offensive rating typically hovered in the one or two spot but again it goes back to the inconsistencies that we saw and whether or not yes you do want to say injuries weren't un undercurrent of that uh, that that COVID situation that happened to them in December that just decimated the entire roster. But you also can't take away the fact that other teams had to deal with that as well. Other mm -hmm. top Eastern Conference teams, and they weathered the storm and kept it moving. So, yeah, I do think that was what part of the appeal was with A.J. Griffin. But low key, he does play defense. And, you know, I have to say that because defense is my favorite word in the basketball English language, probably. Yeah. Or two-way play might be my favorite two words. So the fact that he is committed to defense, I really, really like that. And the fact that he plays somewhere between the two, three, I think that gives Nate McMillan a lot of flexibility. Now, low-key, what I do think, Hugh, is that the notion of Nate McMillan having a reputation for not playing rookies is going to be challenged this year. Oh, yeah, no I question say Nate McMillan is on the hot seat, but we might call that bad boy lukewarm. And depending on how the season goes in the beginning – what uh, Griffin's summer league play looks like, or maybe, you know, how he, how he looks in training camp, that may get him some early reps or some early minutes. And then what he does with that time, barring injury, taking that out of the, the equation, what he does with that time may push Nate to give a little bit more opportunity to Griffin than say he did Jalen Johnson. And Griffin may be a little bit more ready to play or contribute than say, you know, Jalen Johnson was. So it'll be interesting to see how he kind of pushes that envelope to maybe make Nate think a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. But also I wanted to go back to something where I really thought that, and I won't, I won't say disappointed, but I do think that there's still a question mark around the, the secondary ball handler, right? And mm -hmm. getting that individual. So it goes back to what you said, the NBA is a flip-flop. So we had the draft. That's, you know, where it was. It was what it was. But the big question is still what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks in free agency? And what do they essentially do in that two, three, four spot? Because we all know one's, one's good. 
And five is probably good because who are you going to go and get out there that's comparable whose salary you can actually take on without giving away the whole dang team, right? So mm-hmm. that might end up dictating the five. So that really kind of leaves it down to the two, three, four. And some may even say it leaves it to the two and the four because you really don't hear a lot about DeAndre Hunter in some of these trade rumors, right? No, it's, it's, it's bogey. It's For the most part, it's bogey mm-hmm. and it's John Collins. Yep, and, and, and I'm 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 a wholehearted believer that they feel like whatever reason John Collins might not be the two, but he could probably be the three. You know yeah. that that might be the case, but uh, it, it's a situation where I think all of these questions that we have about the Hawks are going to be answered next week during free agency. Yes, because yeah. they yeah. are in a position where they didn't do a whole lot mm-hmm. in the draft, but it's a possibility that free agency is where they, they plan on making their mark and they're probably yes. going to be, you know, a, a, some a free agent in, in the free agent market. Yeah. And Hugh, I am perfectly with that because again, it was a quiet night draft night was. So nobody really made any major blockbuster trade moves per se on that night. So I was okay. I'm okay with the fact that the Hawks still have a, uh, opportunity, right? Space Mm -hmm. and opportunity in the free agency market because nobody really did anything. And I can respect the fact that they're probably sitting back just like with that $2 million that came along with uh, the 51st pick, right? We may Mm -hmm. not understand it because it may not directly impact the luxury tax or the salary cap, but we also know that a Travis Schlink and a Landry Fields don't make moves just to make moves. A Tony Wrestler They don't just do things to do things. So I do think that there are still some inner workings going on behind the scenes to make sure, to your point, I believe that JC's probably gone, but only predicated on it has got to be the everything has to fall in place and make sense for the Hawks. It's not just going to be, oh, we're getting rid of John Collins if the Hawks don't get them something back that at least gets them in the top four to contend next season so when we come back we'll talk about somebody who has been a contender for as long as we can remember on the atlanta scene but has evolved into an international star and is about to get his flowers we'll talk about it in for the culture on the other side of atl day one hey i'm tanitra batiste that is hugh douglas the three-time pro bowler the host of the morning show on 92.9 the game and my dear friend hugh Douglas taking us through this final segment of For the Culture right here on ATL Day One's hosting and standing in for my guy Jarvis Davis who will be back next week to tell us all about his birthday shenanigans. But in the meantime, we're thankful that you guys are continuing to rock with us through this last segment, our For the Culture segment where we talk about sports, entertainment, culture, and just about anything you and I want to talk about today. So that being said, we appreciate you again for getting us over the hump of 2,000 subscribers for this Locked on Sports Atlanta Network. We appreciate you for that. Keep subscribing, keep following, keep liking, and keep letting people know about us. And of course, wherever you check out your podcasts, definitely check us out and give us a five star review. And you can appreciate because I know you are a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise. So your boy Ludacris is set to be immortalized on the Hollywood Walk of Fame rapper, actor, philanthropist. He'll be inducted on that walk for all of those roles. Uh, and just it's just an amazing achievement when you think about the fact that he was once on our sister station, B103, and how he has just continued to evolve and expand his brand. Yeah, Chris Lover Lover. That's who he was. Yeah. Uh, Chris Lover Lover. Uh, man, listen, to, to achieve the heights that he's achieved is phenomenal. 
and and I had a chance to meet him, and he yes. feels like he's the same person that he was when he was on the radio. He has that smooth radio voice, has not changed one bit. To have this honor bestowed upon him, it's an amazing thing. Yes, indeed it is. And also exciting is the fact that he'll be going in with his Fast and Furious brother, the late, great Paul Walker. So I think that's going to make it even a more beautiful celebration of all that they were able to accomplish with that franchise. And even in life, you know, when, when Paul Walker uh, passed away, when we lost him, Ludacris has so many wonderful things to say about their bond. So yeah, I think that'll be a nice touch as well. And in a year where we are really celebrating Martin Lawrence and, and really honoring and giving flowers for the old uh, show, if you will, Martin Lawrence show, it's like, for me, that show, when I watch it again, you in reruns, it's like, I miss so many. I'm like, oh my God, I've seen this episode before. So I don't know if we really understood back then, but I think with what we're seeing on BET Plus, they of course have the documentary talking about the show. It's like, I'm starting to really appreciate what he did in that show and the, that he is, and now he's getting his star. You know what's funny? Speaking of that, I saw something where they were talking to the guy that played Broad Man. How, you, I don't know if you remember this, they did the Nino Brown scene, and when Martin yeah. walked in with the dog, the, the dog and everybody was there at the table. The dog wasn't alive. It was like a, it was like a fluffy, right. like a toy dog. And how he was dragging the dog around, and you could see, like, I never noticed this before until they said some of the documentaries. Everybody was trying to do their damnness to hold in their laugh. Because yeah. it was so funny. The scene was so right. funny. So everybody's just trying to, to keep their composure and get through the scene. I could just imagine what that had to be like live. You know, thinking right. back on it now and looking at that, I could just imagine. But he was a genius. You know, even yeah. when he was going through his his his, his right. whatever he was going through, and mm -hmm. he he came back and he did the run tail that. And yes. he did the documentary Ooh. about what he was going through and how he was yeah. running outside with the sweat top on trying to lose weight. And all this right. other stuff, it kind of put a little bit of perspective on it. But like you said, mm -hmm. a genius, uh, a comic icon, and the Bad Boy franchise cannot forget, oh, gosh. Yeah. Cannot forget yeah. the Bad Boy franchise. You're you talking can. about a guy who has been putting it down for a long time, has been making us laugh for a long time. And to this day, I still have a friend of mine that I call him King B. Go, King B. Go, King B. Go, King B. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna take you back real. Remember when he was always on this this movie? I'm gonna just do this. Always checking yeah. his breath. Remember the oh, franchise yeah, that yeah, movie was like yeah, Kid Play? Yeah. yeah, yeah. T T Shakeable. Hilarious. Hilarious. That, exactly. That franchise that I am blanking on the name. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, the house party movies. Oh yeah, like when he was calling Chichina Arnold BDB and all that other good stuff. Yeah. Right, it was hilarious, hilarious. It was, it really was, and also there are some movies even in his space that a lot of people, you know, may not appreciate. But yes, I do watch Blue Streak over and over again. I will admit it. Blue Streak is hilarious to me. I do watch it. Black Knight, Black Knight, right? <laughs> and Big Mama's House. Come on now, oh, Big Mama's House. On. Yeah. Yeah. Give it love. Give it love. Well, also, congratulations to the Atlanta native son, the adopted native son, Ludacris, Martin Lawrence, and that whole entire class. And listen, I have to just say thank you, thank you, thank you to Douglas stopping by. He has made it a blast these last couple of days. It's always a blast to get together, right? Oh, no question. And you know, Tanisha, oh. the only person I would do this for, because you know this is my bedtime. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> you know how we morning show folks rock. We're like opposite yeah. the rest of you guys. We're a little bit vampirish, if you will. So yes, oh, yeah, I'm gonna vampire. let you go get his sleep on. <laughs> let you get sleep on, and I'm gonna go in here and relax for a minute as well. Because guess what? I'm gonna be there, Hugh, just like everybody else, peeking at the show that I'm expecting to see over in Cobb County tonight. Braves, oh, yeah. Dodgers is going down, and I'm here for it. Oh, Thank yeah, you guys yeah. so much for rocking with us as always. You check us out first, and after you check us out, check out our boy John Chuckery on Hitting Hard. He's got the goods for you there as well. Have a safe weekend. I know it's going to be rainy, maybe a little bit cooling off. We deserve that in Atlanta, but enjoy yourself and be safe. Holla! Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.